Happy New Year 2022. This is Atma Boda. And today we have a very special podcast, number 36, Epiphany, Concepts for Your Liberation. By the way, we starting the new year with a bang. That's a new intro by Bia Miller called Welcome to the Playground. I believe this podcast has some very important and yet controversial insights. Judging by some of the responses on Reddit, some people were very triggered, to say the least, by some of the statements that I'm going to read to you, starting now. And I hope these concepts can help you get unstuck if you find that you're stuck in your spiritual practice. Desire is the root of negativity and external attachment. All self-limiting beliefs have their root in external attachment. Thus, when you master desire, your mind becomes limitless. Only a limitless mind can rise above the fog of worldly illusion, like a plane rising above the clouds. Such an altitude has a truth-enriched atmosphere that desire cannot penetrate. The heart is not the mind. Any teaching that proclaims all is mind is false. Even when your mind has crossed the threshold above the clouds of negativity, your heart still penetrates it below. It is encapsulated in protective truth-infused positivity and love. However, because of its altitude, whereas the mind is invulnerable, the heart can still be vulnerable. This is by design. Even the purest unconditional love is a lower frequency than the purest truth. This lower vibration grants easier accessibility with the external world, allowing greater harmony with biological life. When your heart awakens while your mind is not yet illumined, you still can feel wonderful because of love. However, because your mind is still constrained, you begin to blame the cause of many of your problems on ego. Ego is just limited mind. In an attempt to escape the limited mind, some methods advocate for, quote, ego death, unquote, rather than freeing the mind from its limitations. This, quote, ego death, unquote, or disassociation from the mind, means that you are still below the threshold of higher truth. So, from the mind's perspective, life is lacking direction or higher purpose. In its confusion, concepts can begin to lack distinction, and there can be a feeling that all is one, positivity and negativity, darkness and light, love and hate. They begin to blend into a conformity. The minds can connect into a cultish groupthink that maintains this idea of enlightenment, which is the reason why those who reach this false and lukewarm enlightenment proclaim that it is nothing special. 
It is because their mind has become trapped in another kind of illusion, an illusion where truth doesn't exist. This is where many Buddhist, quote, masters, unquote, who run monasteries and meditation retreats are stuck. They are well-intentioned, but still have not learned how to remove the constraints of the mind, falsely thinking it is all, quote, ego, unquote. The method of removing the limitations of the mind is very easy. Instead of choosing a, quote, neutral, unquote, stance of trying to straddle the fence between positivity and negativity, you consciously choose optimism. By choosing this more positive outlook, you choose the side that has the truth-infused atmosphere. This is because positivity is a characteristic of highest truth. When you have a foundation of optimism, your mind can more easily aspire toward your concept of excellence and the best. This is important because that is the realm that ultimate truth resides. By choosing the best, you choose everything because ultimate truth pervades all. Except this way, enlightenment is superior. It contains continuous bliss and love. You feel connected with everything and everyone but retain your individuality and your personality. You become upgraded. Life is experienced as sacred and very special. You no longer see yourself as ordinary, but extraordinary. Life becomes full of deep meaning and purpose. You realize that you found the ultimate path and every day becomes a celebration of love and inspiration. Wow, there's a lot of uh, to unpack there. But let's first just take a breath to just breathe in. Taking that pause between breaths. Okay, first to address the controversy, the most controversial statement from the online reactions was the claim that those that say that everything is the mind, that all is the mind, I say is a false teaching. And the reason for that is because we are humans. We live in our physical body. We have a heart. We have a mind. We cannot feel love without the heart. We cannot feel empathy without the heart. Those that are stuck in their mind have, don't even have a full idea of what com compassion is. And so you can argue that, okay, they are coming from the heart by saying that everything is mind. And they're just thinking that the heart is part of the mind and that's what they're doing. But speaking from somebody who is in a continuous state of bliss because my mind is connected with this Bodhi mind, the cosmic mind, I can tell you that it's a different frequency vibration. Okay. There's no love 
in the cosmic mind. It's a truth. That's that's where truth is. Love, you have to go to the heart. That's why there's the old saying, fall in love. They say it's falling in love because you're falling from the mind into the heart. And what's amazing is that you don't need to fall from the mind into the heart in order to experience love. You can have both. You can have, you can be simultaneously in your mind and in your heart and be able to oscillate between these two places. You can be coming from a place of the heart and you can also be coming from the place of, of the mind, depending upon the situation and circumstance. Like if you're with people that you want to connect with on a heart level that you come down to the heart level and then you are able to experience love and empathy and oneness through the heart. And then if you need to have higher inspirations or uh, practical ideas dealing with some mind related task, then you can come from the mind. Like for example, in the philosophy that I that is coming out here through my writings, that's coming from the mind. A, a great part of that is through the my the mind's connection with the higher truth. And love is is also in there because that's the motive of why I'm making these podcasts is because I love truth and I want the truth to get out there so more people can experience this bliss and love and I think I genuinely have the conviction that this is a huge secret that if people can really understand this and tap into this that they can be empowered in their life and they can do things with their lives that they never thought that they could and that's what makes it exciting for me it's not about me it's not about boosting my ego i don't i don't care about that in my opinion it takes some courage to speak the truth and the false teachers that are out there they just tend to just regurgitate the same truths that there's no one coming out with a new idea i mean the system is broken obviously there's not been any major enlightened being that's come out of Buddhism. Obviously, something is broken there. They just don't want to believe it because they're so entrenched with their traditions. But I respect all traditions, and if somebody wants to come from that place and live that lifestyle and not have a more empowered reality that has a continuous state of bliss and love in your, in, in your life... Of course, I'm all about free will. I mean, some people online are trying to claim that I'm trying to force people to think a different way. And no, that's not what I'm about at all. I'm about freedom of will. I love diversity. And the ultimate diversity is the individual. And I think it's amazing that a master can coexist with a fool. I, I mean that sincerely. Th that's what makes life interesting. If there wasn't people that are stubbornly clinging to their beliefs, then what kind of diverse world are we living in? We don't want people to just be in the same hive mind group think. And it wouldn't work anyway because people need to come to these conclusions on their own through their own experimentation 
and they need to do what resonates with them. Not everybody is on the same exact path. Certain people need to have certain learning experiences that can take them to certain conclusions. And that's why we have the world that we live in today. It's like, in a sense, an extended school where the goal of this biology is to learn how to transcend it and bring yourself up to the next level of human. And in order to do that, you need to make a stand for what is good. And that is what I find so ironic about some of these paths of Buddhism, whereby they don't even agree to make a stand for good in a sense, because what they're trying to do with their minds is to say that good and evil are equal and everything is emptiness and life is suffering. And what is good about that? How is that making a stand for good? It sounds to me like you're just making a stand for the status quo. You're not about changing anything. You're just about being ordinary and mediocre and conforming to your environment as opposed to being a force in your environment where you actually can have an impact for something good, you know, to innovate. So that's the main difference between this path and some other meditation paths is because this path is about excellence. It's about stepping up and aspiring towards the best to have that sort of optimistic attitude that you can make a difference in your world and you can make a difference in your own life. And I'm not here trying to tell you what is the best. The best is something that you can discover on your own. What, what is the best for you is not necessarily what is the best for me. People are individuals. We have different likes. We have different dislikes. And these differences should be celebrated. We shouldn't be in a rush to disidentify ourselves and to merge into some kind of a collective free of any sense of individuality. That's not interesting. That's just the same. That's just boring. Do you think God and in his infinite wisdom just wants to carbon copy himself everywhere? No. As an individual, you have a unique perspective that only you possess. And because of that individuality, that makes you sacred. The ultimate wants to protect the weak. And there's nothing weaker than the individual. And if you lose your individuality, guess what? You lose your protection in a sense because now your individuality is lost. You might as well just be another grain of sand on the beach. Do you think God put you on this earth to be unnoticed and not to shine on your own? No, you are a special jewel. It's our specialness that should be celebrated. And this is why I just dislike this philosophy where nobody is special, that we should just recognize how insignificant we are because God is great and we are nothing. No, that is not what God wants. God wants you to stand up and shine and be the precious, priceless jewel that you are. There are those that want to take that individuality away from you. 
They want you to be disempowered. They want you to be stuck. They don't want you to have a voice. But that's not what you were born to be. You are not born to just be a passive player, unless that's really what you want to be. I had a realization the other day that there are those that want to be weak. And the rationale for that is because it's a valid spiritual path. God protects the weak and the oppressed. So from that perspective, it's a very safe path. You just choose to be weak again and again and again. And you're taken care of. It's, I guess, a bit ingenious in a way because it's kind of you don't need to do much. You can just, I'll just, just be weak and that's it. And you're taken care of by God. But is that really what you want to be, though? Because you have the opportunity to be something more. The higher truth doesn't want you to be weak. It wants you to blossom, to be uniquely you, to contribute something into this world, to make it a better place, to make a stand for righteousness and oppose corruption. We live in a world where there is a lot of corruption. And right now, that corruption seems to be standing relatively unopposed. Wouldn't it be great if we had people of principle in political power, those that represent virtues of love and empathy and actually put the people first, and not their pockets. That's going to be possible in the future, but it's only through people like you standing up and making a difference. And that starts by moving from a place of neutrality to a place of making a stand to be positive, to be optimistic, to have love in your heart, to strive that every day is better than yesterday to feel more love today than you did yesterday to be happier today than you did yesterday and aspire to feel that inspiration of the one living truth that is there guiding us protecting us and making sure that we are on the winning side of the beginning of the new era that we find ourselves in. So what's the main takeaway from this podcast concepts for your liberation is that you want to set that site to be more optimistic, to not settle and just be ordinary, but try to be extraordinary by removing the limitations that exist in your mind your mind can float and fly and soar above that threshold, above the fog of deceptions that plague the world, the biological world that we live in right now. And you can be more. This is Abmaboda signing off. Until tomorrow, you have a fantastic 2022. Bye-bye.